0: Hey, so we are here with Steve McKee, who has been a dear friend of our family for years and years. Many. Many, many years. Many years. And uh, if you are in a business here, you've heard the name Steve McKee, but you're making some changes in your life. I am. Tell us about that.
1: It's a countdown to, uh, yeah, countdown to the R word. I don't like the R word, but there's no other way to say it. We, okay. bought it, on, we
0: fought it on either. the way yeah. in about retirement. I'm
1: retiring from my company, but Thank I'm not you. retiring from life or work or Right, you're not vacationing
2: in Florida till the end. Yeah, there's
1: not a way to say it, really. There's not another word. I'm stepping down from my company. I'm yeah. selling my company. Yeah. But uh, yeah, at the end of 2023, I'm uh, transitioning.
2: And tell us about your company.
1: Company's called McKee Wallwork. It... Uh, I was born twenty seven years ago as an advertising agency. And we have evolved we now call ourselves a marketing advisory firm. Mm-hmm. There's reasons for that. Mm-hmm. And our specialty is working with what we call stalled, stuck, and stale companies. We help we help generate new momentum for companies that are having trouble.
0: You know, you actually you just put out a book, which we'll talk about, but you actually talked about that in here. I did. Um, but being responsible for fixing problems is a very different from having caused them.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: You know,
1: that's interesting. Cause uh, that's from the first chapter or the second chapter, but the first principle is called uh, objects mm-hmm. turns.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And uh, I actually thought that chapter was kind of a setup, not a throwaway, but like, I got to set this up so I can get to the other stuff. And I've gotten more comments on that. Really? Cause the, the little pithy saying is not my fault is my problem, mm. which is something that I learned years and years ago. The idea is uh, seldom do you screw up. Yeah. And when you do, you got to take your lumps and all
2: Mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm.
1: But every day you have to deal with problems. And so I used to just let that burden me and go home every night burdened
2: Mm. until
1: I realized that wasn't my fault. Yeah. And so if you turn turn it around, if you say it's not my fault, but it is my problem, then you can say, well, who better to solve it but me? Mm. And all of a sudden it's a positive thing, not a negative.
2: That's so good. That needs to be like on a T-shirt. (laughs) <laughs> well, I even think uh, that applies to parenting that applies mean, yeah the stage that we're in right now, well, I am Clays you I'm know. not, I'm out. Clay's, I'm not out. Clay's not the big R, but um, just kidding. <laughs> um, but I think about even parenting, you know your kids come home and you're like, man, I've done everything that I can. Yeah. But it wasn't my fault. They have their own choices. They have their
1: own choices. not my fault is my problem though. I'm gonna yeah. pray about it. I'm gonna That's try right. to address it and work on it. That's
2: and- right and I'm gonna walk with them through it. Yeah. So which really feels like your problem.
0: the reason that steve is on the show is not just his success with you being an advisor to the world (laughs) no i mean you've been out there in dc quite a bit you get involved with causes that you truly are close to your heart Mm -hmm. you've tried to make changes in our we love new mexico and you have done everything you can to make it the best place to be a kid and an adult, yeah. and that's the reason that you're on. And uh, we're excited for your next steps in your future.
1: Me too. Uh, Denise, my wife, and I are calling it the great adventure. I love it. We don't exactly know what it entails. Yeah. Us either. That's what
2: makes it an adventure. Yeah, it's an yeah. adventure. I love and, that.
1: Because I, I, I wasn't, my company has been very successful, but it's not, you know, I'm not a billionaire. It, yeah. It's not the kind of thing where. Almost. So, almost. <laughs> just a just a few hundred million shy. <laughs> So we're not uh, able to step out of the company into the lap of luxury and play golf. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. We still have to earn a living. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's, it's sort of counter to our personalities to take a risk. So we're calling it the great adventure.
0: Well, you know what we love is when I stepped out of the car business, I was at absolutely the top of my game. Tr- truthfully, you are at the top of your yeah. game and you're being called out to do something different. Yeah. And it kind of goes, here. here's his book again. It says, New What's Ideas Must book? Be Tried. Hang on. <laughs> yeah. Ironically, having the courage to occasionally be thought a fool may be the best way to, from avoid being one. And mm-hmm. I, I messed that up a little bit. But you can yeah. read it for yourself. But yes, turns. I love that. And that's kind of where I feel that um, well, I'm at in my life, right? It, it, in the world sense, it's a foolish thing that I'm doing.
1: Yeah, well, if you think about... Many of the great inventions and discoveries and adventures Mm -hmm. um, people were, they had to be willing to be thought a fool. Yeah. And uh, Mm. I was thought a fool when we, when I started my career, I was um, I got into the advertising business and worked for uh, agencies in California and I was pretty good at it and on my way up. And when I decided to move back to Albuquerque for all the right reasons, uh, I was called a fool. Mm. Yeah. They said, you're, you're a fool. Yeah. You're, you're committing career suicide. Mm. I was just making a different choice. Yeah. And yeah. I have no regrets. No. Right.
0: And you truly became the top dog in your field here in Albuquerque.
1: Well, we've done very well nationally. We've I mean twice we've been named among the top 10 in the country. Yeah. So we're very proud of what we've done. Um it's been a quite a bumpy journey, but I have one thing that I can say as I retire from McKee walwork is I have no mm-hmm. professional regrets. Mm-hmm. It was I mean, we had some difficult times, but I'm very satisfied with that aspect of my career.
0: Let's talk about that so our listeners get it, right? You know, we have successful people on the show, but it hasn't always been that way. There was a risk. You leaving what you did to come here to Albuquerque, and then t- talk to us about maybe the low and how you got out of it.
1: Well, yeah, when we came home, I we had just had our first baby, Um who is now 34 years old. Oh,
2: no. Still your baby.
1: <laughs> Still my baby. And uh, I, re- I, re- I did have a job opportunity here in my field, but I didn't know if it was going to work out. And I remember we talked about it, and I said, if I have to change careers, I'll change careers. You know, family's more important. But we, um, so I worked for a company, rose very quickly, became president, and then tried to buy it, and that fell through. Mm-hmm. So that was really difficult. So we had four small children under the age of seven, and we were starting a company on credit cards. Don't do that. Mm. Don't do that. <laughs> but we did it. Um, and grew very fast for five years and that was, that was a great deal of fun. And then the really, the seminal moment was in 2003. We had just made the Inc. 500 list. Fastest growing private companies in America. Top of the world. And we started to drift inexplicably. And to make a long story short, two years, um, sideways drift. We were a professional services firm. We had 92% turnover. Hmm. That's like almost
2: everything.
1: And uh, I remember giving myself too much credit on the way up. And uh, now in retrospect, gave myself way too much blame on the way down. So for two years, it was um, bleary-eyed, staring in the mirror in the morning, you know? Hmm. What am I going to do? What's wrong with me? Hmm. Why can't we? But that led to um, my first book, which... So what happened was we... um, didn't know what to do, but we had made the Inc. 500 list, and I thought maybe it was a fluke. But so I said, "Well, we're in that club." So uh, we screwed up all the courage we had and found all the money we could and commissioned a research study of Inc. 500 companies. There had been it was their list was around for 20 years by that point, so there had been a few thousand on them. We said, "Well, let's see if we can find out the secrets to growth." Mm. And what we instead found were the secrets to failure, which are the same thing. Uh Because you just hold them up to the mirror. Mm. And we found, first of all, that 18%, I'll never forget this, 18% of Inc. 500 companies, companies that had made the list, the same thing happened to them that happened to me. Hmm. And what that did for me was like, okay, maybe it's not me. Maybe I'm not an idiot. Maybe it's circumstantial. And in fact, it was. And we identified four uh, internal dynamics that bedevil companies and cause them to struggle and I've, I've said this often. I do this for a living. I'm staring at three-inch stacks of research and numbers and all that. And usually, I'm the dispassionate, objective outside observer, just looking for patterns. This time, I was involved, mm. and it was all of a sudden, it was like I was looking into a mirror because all four factors we were suffering from.
2: Mm.
0: Get and, a pen, because here they come. Uh, here they come. <laughs>
1: um, uh, the four factors are okay. We could talk about this all day long, right? Right, right. Because this is,
2: but we want people to read your book. Well, this is twenty years ago. We've done a lot of,
1: we've we've come a long way since then. But these are fundamentally true. They're true in your personal spiritual life as well. Mm -hmm. First is a lack of alignment. That if you're if you're not in alignment around the conference room table, really all the way up and down the organization, but especially among management, it doesn't matter what your strategy is because you're not going anywhere. It won't get executed. That's the the most uh, common we uh, problem we see, and it's also the most problematic because very often companies are in denial. They don't want to face that. Second is a loss or a lack of focus in the marketplace. You get distracted, which usually happens one of two ways. Either you are uh, knocked off your game by a recession or a new competitor or something, or you get cocky. You're doing well. And so you start doing things maybe you have no business doing. Loss of focus. Third is sort of a manifestation of both of those. It's a, a loss of nerve where you just get scared and you're pulling the horns Um, you know, you can, you can save your way to survival, but you can't save your way to success. Mm -hmm. And so companies that get knocked off their game, get scared. And that's a problem because you can't operate that way. And then the fourth is inconsistency where you're just kind of ambling about looking for silver bullet solutions. Um, we were suffering from all four. I like to tell people that we failed our way to success because, uh, discovering those four factors was just freeing, but then it was like, what do we do about it? Mm. And, um, we, lost, we ended up losing a partner out of it because we were misaligned and uh, we didn't plan it or anything, but what happened was it broke mm. and we lost a partner, but it was at just the right time where we had these principles. And so we healed the company uh, beginning with our alignment as a team. And then we addressed the other three factors. And that was 2003. I started sharing what I'm sharing with you, and people say, where's the book? Where's the book? I said, oh, "Well, there's no book. And in 2009, finally, I, I published book. When Growth Stalls.
0: Now there's more than one book.
1: Now there's three. Yeah. yeah. So but it it reoriented our company, what I said earlier about stalled, stuck, and step mm-hmm. We've lived it. In fact, the first chapter of When Growth Stalls, the title is, it's not just business. It's personal. Mm. Meaning, we've lived it. We have empathy yes. for it. Yeah. So When Gross Stalls was the first book, that's how not to do it. Power Branding was the second book, that's how to do it. And then Turns is my Labor of Love, my new book, which is kind of a combination of both. It's just this, it's a study in change.
0: So fun. Writing yeah. a book is hard.
1: It's the most fun I've ever had.
0: That's awesome. I, it is
1: hard, but I like it more than anything I've ever, when I can...
0: You speak about something that's very personal. Books are personal. Books are personal. and into them.
1: And they're, um, it's something that no one can ever take away. From you like you know you can lose a business you can lose it yeah and it's uh i especially like contributing something new to the world i think this is something new to the world so it's very gratifying and you know i've long believed that we're created in god's image god's a creator that's why whenever we create whether it's a recipe or a book mm-hmm. it's so satisfying yeah because we're acting in the image in which we've been created
2: that's right
0: so good so um, you're going to be doing a lot more speaking now that you, quote, are retired. You're not tired, retired. You're actually moving into a new career. Yes. And you want to do a lot more speaking. So if there's companies or people out there, they're going to be reaching out to you.
1: Yeah, that's the goal. I I'm at a really I really enjoy that. Uh, December 31st is my last day. I've got speeches on January 5th and January 11th. So, which awesome. is coincidentally, I, I was hoping for a couple weeks off. <laughs> No, but I'll take
2: it. You're probably going to be busier than you've ever been. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's it's. I'll, I'll take it. So, and of course, Denise is going to go with me. That's part of the great adventure.
2: That's so awesome.
0: Now, the principles that you put down those are really foundational. So that's no matter what kind of business you're in, that's what you're looking at. But something you said in your book also was that in today's generation, they have to be on a constant spree of learning because
1: change is happening faster. So and faster. Yeah, I've I've often commented that in our grandparents' day, really, in our grandparents' day, the whole concept of a job for life, yep. you know, w- was was there. I mean, pre-industrial revolution, you just worked in the field; that's mm-hmm. what you did. But then industrial revolution, and, and in the early twentieth century, sort of the organization man, the job for life. I remember in college being told, "You're going to have two careers," mm. and it was kind of weird. I was like, "Okay." Um, and as it turns out, I'm going to have two careers. Now a days what we say to kids is you don't even think of those terms be adaptable because the world is changing fast. So you need to have skills and you need to take responsibility mm-hmm. for your, own. so it's just the wheel of change is turning faster and faster. Partly that's cultural, partly it's technological, but there's no getting around it.
0: You know, I find that uh, you have to be looking at the future, predicting what your career is going to look like. Do you know what I mean? But you also have to be really good at what you do. The you have to be strong. Yeah, you have
1: to um,
0: to be successful.
1: You have to be uh, really, really, really good at something, mm-hmm. and you get to define what that is. Sure. And it doesn't have to be the box that somebody puts you in, but you have to recognize what your skills are and what your your avocation is as well. Because usually, you like what you're good at, and you're good at what you like. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you need to develop and develop and develop. I tell young people that come to work for us, you know, if you're sitting around waiting to be trained. I mean, we're going to train you, right? But if you're sitting around waiting for somebody else to take responsibility for your development, mm. you're crazy. If you're not reading, if you're not reading, um, you know, maybe let's say you're into art. Okay, become an expert in art or theater or mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. But if you're not developing that muscle uh, that you love, right. don't ex- don't expect anything.
0: <laughs> no, it's very true, and we we. Grew, I know the the people that I've worked with lately. Everyone has their hand out you know what I mean? Yep. And even when we work with at risk families Community. and mm-hmm. people, right? Everyone wants you to pull them or to pick them up and take them out of the hole they're in instead of take your hand and help you pull them out. But it's the same thing in the workforce.
1: Yeah. And that's where, you know, dignity comes from struggling and, and feeding yourself. And, mm-hmm. uh, this whole
0: idea of universal
1: basic income, you know, mm-hmm. it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's just, People don't understand the human nature and how we're creative. That's it's right. Mm-hmm. A job, yeah, job is hard, right? We there's the fall we fell, mm-hmm. but it also is fundamentally what makes us human and gives us dignity and purpose. And need. Mm-hmm. so, um, I I meet with a few young men, and we have interesting conversations. Yeah, because they're just they're born into a whole different time,
2: right?
1: <laughs> so I'm the old guy. It's, I'm not telling them get off my lawn, but I'm like I I. I gave some tough medicine to one the other day because he was just being a punk. Mm-hmm. And we have that kind of relationship. You know, yeah. We can do yeah. That. Well, that's
0: fair. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty hard. My wife calls me a Batman counselor. Yeah. Kind of a pow bang. and g- Hurry up and get it fixed and we'll yeah. move on. And If you want good. counsel that, from me and mm-hmm.
1: you're not going to listen, then you don't want counsel from that's me. That's right.
2: That's right. <laughs> you know? It's so true. Well, I, I, as I hear you talking, I'm, I just think about parents nowadays and how we, you know, try to prepare our kids for the world and, you know, the job field. And I just think of, you know, when you look at kids in the eyes and say, well, do something you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And they go, I love video games. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, you can't even tell your kids that now. It's like, you, you really need to observe. And if you want to encourage them in a field, it's like you have to really encourage their giftings and see beyond you know, the things that they are necessarily doing, you know, at the moment. I remember
1: telling my, my oldest son, when he got out of college, he didn't really know what he wanted to do. I said, mm-hmm. get a job. Yep. And it'll come to you. Yep. You'll you'll start to like certain things and not like other things. And sure enough, he worked somewhere for two years and then had a total career change because he figured out what he wanted. Mm-hmm. I yep. never did what I wanted. I still don't know what I
2: want to do. Yeah. Me neither. That's me. I, don't I, know I literally... Every couple of years. We want to
0: live life as an adventure as well. We're going to do do.
2: adventures. We do, we do, we do. It's so true. We have a a son that just turned 17, and he's like, he didn't want to go back to high school. We we are currently in a life change, and we pulled our kids from school and started homeschooling again. And he got a job at Dion's, and literally this kid, right? He's been there a couple of months. And he's like, yeah, I just got on day shift. I'm like, how did you do that? He goes, I asked. And I said, oh, great. He goes, yeah. So today we were just driving and he goes, yeah, I was just talking to my boss about how I can be a trainer because I want to be a manager by the, by, there you, you know, the summer of next year. And I'm like, you're 17. <laughs> like, That's
1: right. No, but, and that, uh, that happens to be a very good organization for that. It but is. I've, I've long believed this. If you have no education, you could get, I would tell a young person this, you could get a job at,
0: Burger King.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
1: And it's going to be kind of tired. Let's,
0: let's just say Dion's because they're better.
1: Yeah. Well, no, but here's my point because <laughs> Dion's is better. Right. So I'm going with He's somebody going worse. Step down. <laughs> you could be flipping burgers and getting greasy and not love and making minimum wage. Mm-hmm. But if you show up every day, That's a little bit so early, true. stay late, mm-hmm. do, you'll be a shift supervisor in six months. In if a year that. and a half, you'll <laughs> be an assistant manager in four years. You could be a manager. And in eight years, you could be a district manager and you could be making well into six figures just by being diligent. Yeah. And anybody well, can do. Well, and
2: nowadays that. I have to be really honest, it because it's very difficult to keep a workforce. Mm-hmm. They're not showing up. They're not you would probably travel up that ladder a lot faster. You would
1: you would you yeah. would. and I I've, I've told my kids that the one advantage to being your age is it's not hard to stand out.
2: It's so true. Yeah. It's so true. But he he told me that he was standing in in the pizza, you know, area and he's like I saw three clocks and they were all off by seconds. And I told my boss, why are all three of these clocks off? And I'm going, who notices that? And his boss said, you're going to be a manager. You're, you pay attention to detail. And I was like, that's a little much though, son. I was like, that's, we know. actually,
1: I actually hired a Dion's manager for my company. Oh yeah. She took care of us for many years and was so good mm-hmm. that when she came through on a field trip, she was in college. Mm-hmm. I told, I told, Somebody at my company, I said, hire her. Mm. I don't care where, hire her.
2: Yeah, yeah. And uh, and yeah. that's what I told him. I was like, this job is so, and so he went, took his GED. You know, he's right now Starting waiting to go college. to college in January. And he's just like this go-getter. But I noticed that when he talks to other kids, they're like, oh, wow. So you're like an adult. Yeah. And he's like, no, I just don't want to be doing the same thing every single day, knowing that I don't want to do it. So it's, it is, it's the world now for kids is just so different.
0: Do you find that the simple principles in businesses that you have encountered is very much along those lines?
1: Um, well, yeah, absolutely. There are, you know, what I've, what I've also told a lot of young people is I said, this Bible thing, um, it's true. Yeah. Seriously. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, I'm like, it really is like read it. Um, me and my kids, we, we go through the Proverbs every month. So, you know. Proverb for every day of the month. So I've internalized a lot of that. I can't tell you how many times I've sat in a business meeting and the proverb pops into my head and I said, okay, I'm gonna either shut up here or, you know. And uh, I've been successful because of it. So there are mm-hmm. principles that never change. Biblical principles never change. The principles that we are articulated in Wingrove Stalls and have carried throughout are are true and they never change because really they're underneath their biblical principles. Mm-hmm. And uh, while, while technology is changing and there's a whole lot of things that are changing is that are changing around us. If you keep in mind the things that never change, that's the combination for success Mm -hmm. is what is the, so in the, in the world of advertising, for example, there's new ad vehicles every day, all the time, right? Uh, How do I use social media? And uh, how do I use AI now? That's the big question. Well, you got to figure that out, but you got to also bring into it the fact that human nature is human nature people will never change. We're mm-hmm. sinners right? mm-hmm. We're saved by grace. We're driven by um, a lot of lusts and passions and things mm-hmm. that we have to, if you remember all that, I mean, I would take, I, I I've said this many times that my, the reason i moved up quickly in the advertising industry is because I understood human nature mm-hmm. and most people don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. Most people in that industry don't. Mm-hmm. That's why you see so many ads that you scratch your head and you say, what,
2: what was, was that? Thinking? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. You, you know, they say about a speaker, you can tell a good speaker not by how well he spoke, but how his message was conveyed and how his audience took it away and remembered it. Yeah, And I think it's the same thing in advertising. I think sometimes we see an ad and it's flashy and it's bang and you go, oh, wow. And then a week later, you're like, yeah, I don't remember what even what it was. Mm-hmm. I remember the explosion, but I don't remember. And then I seen some really simple ones and I go, no, no, that still speaks to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing in life. It's uh, you want people to walk away. Doing a podcast, doing a speaking, or you know, uh, every once in a while I get the the fortunate uh, opportunities to speak at, at our our youth or our young young people at church, and I love it when a year later they go, "I remember when you said this, and it affected me."
1: I'm getting to the age now where I've some of my and we're doing reflections mm-hmm. at the office, right? Mm-hmm. People are. Reflections. Saying goodbye. <laughs> and so, you know, occasionally I'll, they'll be. I'll be told, well, you told me something once, and I don't even remember saying it. Because you don't know what's going to stick. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, sometimes I want to write, they go, I, I, go, I said that? <laughs> I, I'm going to write that down because that was really good. I don't think that was me. I said, I don't remember it, but I'll take
1: credit. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. If it's good, I'll
0: take <laughs> credit. Sure. Hey, speaking to the whole world, this is going to be a little bit different. We're going to sum it up later. But if you were going to put yourself, if you were going to move... From what you're doing right now, and you're getting ready to quote retire, and you were gonna move into a field where you knew you were gonna be successful. Describe that to us.
1: Um, I've been doing a lot of thinking about that lately. Not exactly those terms, but I have developed a skill set. Remember Liam Neeson? Mm-hmm. I've got a very unique guess, set of skills. Mm-hmm. I have developed a skill set in the realm of ideas that I have used for 40 years. In the world of commerce Mm -hmm. which is a good thing Mm -hmm. i would like to transfer that skill set into the world of culture and politics Mm. because uh what i've done for my career is a very good thing we need the economy job growth it's all very very good i feel really good about it but what i haven't been able to touch because of the world i've been in is the realm of ideas beyond marketing Mm -hmm. where we have all kinds of problems these days Mm -hmm. so um, if I could uh, transfer, morph my understanding of how to develop and convey ideas into a realm where it's more meaningful, that's what excites me.
0: That changing the next generation?
1: Ch- yeah, changing the next generation, saving the country. Um, it's, it's really interesting because obviously the gospel is the answer. Right. That is the answer. People are sinners. We need Jesus. The problem isn't our politicians; it's our electorate. Right? Mm -hmm. If we all just voted differently, we'd have better people in office. Mm -hmm. But I've never been called, and I I believe this very strongly. I've tried. I've never been called to the church. Mm. I've been called to the world, Mm -hmm. and I don't know why. I've kicked against it. I fought it. Um, I thought I wanted to be a pastor. I did that whole thing. Mm -hmm. But my calling has always been to the world to be a translator to be a a missionary to be a spy in many respects I mm-hmm. think I'm a spy and uh, I see that continuing I'm how sort of so, embracing it now
2: how so are you a, are you a spy um so th- th- there's
1: I, I don't want to get into too much details but like there's one particular client
0: mm-hmm. this is a spy spies with. don't get in the details
1: this is, <laughs> this is a client
2: no because I felt that way too but yeah. to well it, it ha- it. this is a client
1: in Washington DC mm-hmm. I won't say any names but um, they have a really good mission, mm-hmm. but they tend to be coming from uh, an incorrect worldview. Mm. And so I've been consulted with them for five years and helping them with their mission and sitting there thinking, as they are casually saying things around the table about culture and politics, I'm like, if any of you knew what I believed, you'd kick me out of this mm-hmm. room right now. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I feel like a spy. Right. But at the same time, I'm trying to help them see... In, in any way I can, the, that there's a different way. Mm-hmm. There's a different way of looking at it. So I felt a little bit like a double agent, mm-hmm. you know? but I mean, I know where my loyalties are right. for sure, but it's always been, and even in the, in the advertising industry, I mean, it is a godless industry. Mm-hmm. You got Hollywood and you got advertising. Mm-hmm. It is godless. Mm-hmm. And I, at, when I first got into business, I really struggled with it because I didn't want to compromise. And, you know, you're told what to do. The older I got, the more I started my company, I realized, well, compromise is up to me Mm -hmm. i'm not going to compromise we haven't compromised but boy are we uh we're an odd duck Mm -hmm. in our industry Mm -hmm.
0: automobile industry advertising tv it's it is it's rough you know what i find though in some of the things that we do is we use biblical principles yeah uh scripture itself and then you just take out where you got it from and the world rejoices like it's some kind of New wow, idea. That's yeah. a, an amazing new idea. And you're like, that's no, uh it's actually really old. It's, it's older than two thousand years, folks.
2: Yeah.
1: Our company uh, principles, values, whatever that we inculcate into we have a wonderful culture. It's totally biblically based. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because when a believer joins the company and sees it, they're they like, go, Oh, I know yeah. where you got that. Right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's kind of obvious. because um, it's it's true, right? It's it's true. And it works. Yeah. How odd. There's the concept <laughs> of logos, right? Which mm-hmm. is which has been fascinating to me, the word logos. The Greeks were the first to Mm -hmm. identify logos, which is the divine reason in the Mm -hmm. universe. They didn't personalize it. Um, The Hebrews saw logos, not the word because it's Greek, but as revelation. And so the logos, the word, means both reason and revelation. And of course, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, the Logos. In the beginning was the Word. That's Jesus. He is the Logos. He's referred to as the Logos. But I don't know if you're aware of this. The word Logos is used 330 times in the New Testament. Wow. And it refers not only to Jesus as the Logos and the divine revelation of God, which is the Word of God, but the third meaning is our ability to reason and to seek. This is what inspired the scientific revolution. That's in the book. Um, That God wants us to... You know, it's the glory of kings, uh, glory of God, to uh, conceal a matter. This is in, in Proverbs. It's the glory of kings to reveal it. That we're to seek out truth and we're to use our reason for the benefit of mankind. And so, I'm just, I'm kind of tripping on that concept lately.
0: That's your new, that's your new venture. I suppose it is.
1: I suppose it is. Um,
0: I was counseling a, a young man and uh, dealing with some severe stuff, right? And I had to remind him that. God spoke everything into existence. He was like, yeah, and he kind of got and I said, but no, when God created man, he breathed him into existence and put himself into that into mankind. And there was a you could see a light going on in this kid's head like because it's very true. It's, he spoke animals into existence. He, but with man he breathed he breathed his very being into us. And I think the problem that we have as human beings is that we're not claiming that. Mm. you know um we're created in the image of god and what's in an image or what's in the name is so much that mankind just doesn't doesn't utilize or allow ourselves to take the privilege to be true sons and daughters of, Cro- of or, god
1: or uh, spits in his face
2: mm.
0: you know to take that a step further yeah
1: the uh just how far we've fallen
2: mm.
0: hey if you're going to talk to the whole world now this is a little different right so you have a chance right now that this this podcast blew up and everybody in the world is going to hear what you're going to tell them right now. Yes. What would you tell them? <laughs> and it could be the rich of the that rich and the, the poor no of the poor.
1: I think I'd give them my bank account number. <laughs> yeah. Tell them to deposit some money into it.
0: That's not even true. That's tell not, not what even what I thought you
2: would say. That's the furthest thing that I thought you would say.
1: I... I, well, I don't have anything like wonderfully articulate to say, but I mean, I, I, my heart is for the truth is that which is is in keeping with reality. Mm -hmm. And reality is that God created the heavens and the earth Mm. and made us. And if we would just sync up with that, everything would be okay. Mm. I mean, I don't know how to, I don't know how to communicate. I think that. you I just did. That's you awesome. You did actually.
2: That was that's, really good.
1: <laughs> that's what it's, you all know that my daughter and son in law started a church. Mm-hmm. They did, and uh, in Washington in D.C. Belly D. of the Beast.
0: They're doing amazing, by the way. They're doing, they ama- yeah. Are. They're really doing amazing.
1: All of my kids are doing amazing in different arenas, but mm-hmm. sometimes they feel, I don't know, defeated because of the political and all right. Of. And we just tell them, you guys are doing it, you're doing the fundamentalist thing. That's fundamental right. the most fundamental, fundamental thing. thing. Not the fundamentalist yes. thing. Yes. <laughs> <la mode>. yeah. <laughs> um because that's what the world needs. We mm-hmm. need
2: Jesus. That's we right. We need just that. Yeah. Because that's, that's really what's going to change the world. The politics, that's, none of none of it. Yeah. The programs, the agency. No, that's not going to change the world. Yep.
0: And and uh, many so of true. our listeners are not believers. And <laughs> And what I want to tell them is seek truth. That's right. You don't have to believe me. You don't have to follow this way. But anyone who's alive today that has a heartbeat ought to seek what is true. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what we believe, it says that if you seek truth, you will find truth. Mm -hmm. I believe
1: that. I think one of the challenges is that, and this is true of all of us, we're hesitant to seek truth because we know once we find it, we'll be accountable
2: Mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm.
0: In our family, it's, uh, I tell my kids, there's two things. We seek truth, so it's truth and honor. Whatever we find to be true, whatever. Because if it's true, it's from our creator, mm-hmm. right? So if it's true, then you have to honor that truth, truth and honor. It's a really simple principle to live your life by. It,
1: it really is. I, there's a similar one that somebody told me, trust and obey. Mm. And I was reflecting on that, but here's what's interesting. I didn't like the word and. Mm. And I realized that if I trust... I will obey.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If I really do trust, That's right. I'll obey. Yeah. So it's really just trust. Mm-hmm. And that's the part of our great adventure is I'm trying to, for the first time in some ways, let God decide. Mm-hmm. Not, like, not like he wasn't deciding earlier, but right. like, it's up to mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. You introduce me to the people I need to meet. You put me in the circumstances I need to be in.
0: You do whatever you're going to do. Hey, tell us uh, about how they get your book.
1: Turns where business is won and lost, available wherever fine books are sold online. So Amazon or Barnes and Noble or you name it. It, it, it really is a labor of love. Speaking of truth, I looked at, and you know this, I looked at the f- turns in the physical world, mm-hmm. the physics of turns, and that provided the metaphor for turns in history, turns in our personalized turns, mm-hmm. and, and it just blew my, it blew my mind. I researched it for a year. I'll never forget the day I sat because I... I'm very scheduled. The day I was supposed to start writing, and I was in my office, and I had, and I'm like, what am I going to do? <laughs> There's just too much here. And I really felt like I got a gift of the outline, mm. like in that moment. And it was, there are eight principles that every turn holds to. Every turn. So just expound upon that. So turns where business is one and lost, you can get it. Amazon's the easiest place, Barnes & Noble.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, we haven't even just truly brushed on everything that you've done, but um, Steve McKee is truly a lion in our community Absolutely. Um, and in our nation, and we're very thankful that we have a good friendship. Me too. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. We trust that you found inspiration, guidance, and strength in today's guest. Our episode was brought to you by Aspen Project. See how you can plug into the life of a family or a child by going to aspenproject.org. And we will see you on the better side of you.